Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. A Sunday without Bears football. I guess we can get used to it. We better get used to it. They got a Sunday night. They've got a Monday night. They got a Thanksgiving Day game. Brian Hanley, Fred Hubner here with you on ESPN 1000. Brian, it's it's going to be old hat now down the next uh, couple of weeks. No Bears football on a Sunday morning. Well, yeah, and I hope it's not old hat that the we get another six-game losing streak because we're more than halfway there. So. Yes, we are. Yeah, yes, we are. There's no doubt. And they got the Ravens coming in. But after seeing the Ravens play on mm, Thursday, yeah, I you know I thought the Steelers game was a winnable game going in, and um, I think the Ravens game is a winnable game too. Not only that, the Ravens barely got out of beating Minnesota. That's right. Um, yeah, Minnesota had only because Minnesota likes to do that: build big leads and end up with a loss. So. Yeah, the Vikings were up 14 uh, two weeks ago, and then uh, ended up losing in overtime. You know, you go to overtime, you're pretty sure Justin Tucker's going to win it somewhere down the line if the Vikings didn't score right off the bat. Correct. So uh, we got a lot to talk about, but because there's no Bears football today, I have a suggestion for people. If you're not going to watch the NFL, and I know that probably 90% of the people listening right now are going to watch other games. Uh, there's Packer fans listening. They got Seattle later on today. You got a bunch of noon starts and things like that. But I went to see the movie Belfast last night. So I want to do that. I read yeah. those reviews. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing what religion can do. Jeez. Uh, yeah. um, Not only that, he was, that was based uh, on when he was nine years old, right? Yeah. Kenneth Branagh did the, yeah. uh, did, did the movie. And I was nine years old in 69 too. So a lot of, you know, I, I, I remember going to see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with the family. <laughs> so. Well, and, and that's actually in the movie. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's because there's really good stuff. And uh, it's a pretty lighthearted movie for a situation that, you know, it's discussing. But, you know, it's serious and lighthearted. But the kid, when you go to see the movie, the, the, the guy that plays the little kid, his name is Jude Hill, I think his name is. And he's just amazing. And some of the banter back and forth with him and his grandfather and him and his grandmother and Judy Dench is in the movie. And it's really good. And it's not long. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. Perfect. But yeah, it's a great, great I wanna movie. See, I want to see the James Bond movie, but the 245. Uh... Yeah, but you know what? I saw that first. I've seen two movies in the theater um, in the last uh, month. And the first, we went to see the James Bond movie. My girlfriend Linda and I were the only two people in the in the movie theater. Perfect. I, I went like this. I went to whisper to her, and I looked around. And I go, I don't need to whisper. There's nobody here. <laughs> just you and me. Did you yell, hey, I'm going to the restroom. Can yeah. you pause the film? Yeah, just pause it. That would have been nice after doing it. But it, that one moves very quickly. Even though it's a long movie, you, it doesn't feel like it's that long. Because like most Bond movies, there's stuff right. happening all the For time. Sure, in yeah. But And then last night, Tyler asked me how many people in the theater Probably twenty. I went to a five ten showing, um, and and I'm, I'm sixty four. My girlfriend is too, so we got the senior discount. Woo! Uh, so five dollars. You couldn't beat that. Um, so yeah, it was very very good. And uh, so if you get a chance, check it out. It's uh, it's a good movie. It's nice that people are actually getting back. We tried to go to two restaurants afterwards. We got into one a brewery. Big surprise, right? Uh, <laughs> but we went to a rec- I went to a regular restaurant first. We couldn't get in, and it was like a wait for like forty five minutes to an hour. And then the, no, the no bre- staff. That's why. Well, and the brewery we went to, there was a wait for about a half hour. But then we got seated about ten minutes later at uh, Ike and Oak out in uh, Woodridge, right near the movie theater. Oh, I, I thought you just threw out the Fred Huebner card. No, yeah. no, yeah. they don't. They there was no one there. It was amazing. I was in a in a brewery in a bar restaurant brewery that 
I knew nobody there. How does um, that happen? I don't know. I don't know. It's got to, we got to put an end to that. And, and <laughs> Is it a speakeasy? Qu- yeah. Did you stumble onto it? <laughs> and end to it quickly. But they have great food. It's it pretty amazing. They have really Good. cool food. But um, before we get to anything else, all week long, starting on Tuesday morning, heck, starting on the post game that, we did, that I did on Monday night, we talked about how the officials screwed up and everything. Well, here's a report from 459 this morning. Uh, NFL officials acknowledge refs erred on multiple calls against the Bears in Week 9 loss to the Steelers. We knew this was coming, didn't we? Well, I mean, it's not officially. They're not. I mean, these are just sources within right. the um, the uh, NFL's officiating department, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And they, but I don't. I don't think Matt Nagy. I don't think they want the uh, head coaches to come out and say, "Yeah, the league called us and apologized." They probably, right. yeah, they probably give them a caveat. Listen, we're going to tell you we screwed up, but don't tell anybody. Um, so here, the NFL standing behind the uh, controversial taunting call, but privately, members of the NFL officiating department who reviewed the game acknowledged the referee Tony Correnti and his crew erred on at least three separate critical calls and non-calls that went against the Bears in the loss, including the low block penalty that nullified the field's touchdown pass. And remember, on the, on the broadcast, they actually superimposed the, the tackle box. Yep. So you could see he wasn't outside the tackle box. Yeah, you could see immediately that it was the the call was wrong. Officials also missed multiple penalties in the Steelers, including a late hit on fields that would have given the Bears a first and goal on the same third quarter drive and offsides. Now this one I didn't see, and a lot of people didn't. Offsides by multiple Steelers and Cairo Santos's sixty-five yard field goal attempted fell well short. Now, you could have got five more yards, and then they might have said, you know it what? It would only be five yards short then. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then <laughs> it was such a such a horrible angle on the I know. Broadcast. It looked like everyone thought it was a it hit. You know, hit the goalpost, yeah. Right, the crossbar, yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah you're right, crossbar. And yeah. um, But maybe they, you know, maybe five yards closer, maybe they go for the Hail Mary instead. Who knows? No, but, Nagy would have called for a five-yard <laughs> pass yeah he would have said we'll use it next well game. he's not calling the place on yeah. the laser but you know he collaborates yeah uh, a league spokesman declined comment of course which is common in non-officiating matters a bear spokesperson also uh declined comment because like i said they probably said listen uh we just want to let you know that we did screw up or they did screw up and uh they will be there we will get the ruler and slap their wrists you know so, yeah now tony Correnti, he's been doing this a, a little bit yeah for a little while here now right yep, he's done and a super bowl and they say, well, officials aren't fined for poor performance, but they are graded and downgraded. So does one 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 game like that impact a postseason assignment? How many within a 17-game season? I know they could break. So right. how much of that, and, you know, because it was multiple calls, I'd, I'd like to, you know, I wish we had the information to know how that tips a postseason assignment for a guy like Tony Correnti, well, if it does. And because they have so many postseason games now, I mean, your, your yeah. wild card Saturday and Sunday are three games each day instead of two, the way they used to be. Um, but uh, actually, it's more, isn't it? Four, I think, maybe. But anyway, there's there's more playoff games. They're so doing the Monday night one now, right? That's right. That's right. They're changing it, making it, making it they're extending it. To, hopefully, everybody gives everybody the day off on Monday so they can get what, prepped for that. What was the total on that game? Uh, did that impact any, you know, not being able to score yeah. down there? 
Did that impact either the spread or the total? We'll try to go out and go back and find uh, the it. The Bears covered, right? The Bears yeah, covered. It was yeah, a, it was a... So it would have to be the it total. It got up to seven? It was up to seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I had the Bears... And I think it went way over the total. I want to say the total was a measly, like, 39 points. Okay, so... Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it Because did. in this yeah. day and age of legalized betting and leagues being involved, and, you know, there has to be more transparency when stuff like that happens. If, I mean... If that impacted both the line and the total, there'd yeah. be some very upset, you know, people yeah. putting down big money in Vegas or on your apps. I should have realized this as soon as uh, you asked because I had I took the Bears with the points and the under because I didn't think either team would score that many points, mm-hmm. and uh, the Bear I didn't think the Bears defense would give up twenty nine, and neither did um, Alex Brown or Lance Briggs on the you know with Cap on the after the show. They not, they didn't think that either, and that's why they blamed the defense. Before we go any further, Larry in the South Side wanted to jump in about the Bears. Larry, what's going on? Uh, yeah, I just think I know the refs pretty much stole that game away from the Bears against Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. But my thing is, Bears lost three games. The three games they lost, three, uh, three of the games they lost: Green Bay, uh, um, Green Bay, uh, San Francisco, and and uh, what's the other team? Cleveland. No, Cle- not Cleveland. Tampa. No, no, not that game. Niners. Niners. Yeah. They needed a stop in the fourth quarter, and they never got that stop. And the mm-hmm. defense never would get that stop, no matter what. They was there. It was right there. Those are games that they, they should have took over. The defense made a stop instead of letting them guys just go, and go up down the field like that. Uh, they would be different record. I think they would probably be 6 and what? Let's see, they're 3-6 three and six three. now. Yeah. There's so. three games that the defense didn't make, do their do they part in the fourth quarter. And that was the biggest thing, Larry. I, I was watching, um, you know, Lance Briggs, Alex Brown, guys that played defense under Lovey, and they both say, listen, we tried to hold teams under 17, and, you know, 29 is too many. Plus, you can't give 29 up to the Steelers. They're not a team that scores a lot of points. No, they grind. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Larry. They didn't make a stop. All they had to do, despite what they did during the game, all they needed to do after the Bears took the lead, 27-26, was make one stop. That's all they needed. One stop. And we, we you know, sit here fixated on Justin Fields for right reasons and the offense and who's calling the plays and moving forward. Can Nagy stick around or do you want him? But this defense was oversold. And then it had turnover. And Larry's right. I mean, when you have such a slim margin of error, an official's call or two or three can impact the outcome of the game. If you go out there and make that stop or or be the defense that was as advertised a few years ago and hasn't been that since, you know, then, then you get these issues where, and look, the roughing the passer, I mean, you know, that's just... That's absurd that he didn't drop a flag on that. Well, you, you know, guys I, sneeze on people and you get a flag. Well, especially, I mean, I don't. Maybe I missed it. I'm sitting there watching the game, but I didn't see a good replay on the call against the Bears when they hit Roethlisberger. It looked like right. they bumped into him. He didn't fall down or right. anything, and uh, I couldn't believe they called that on on them. And then Fields, he was he had thrown the ball already, and it was at least two steps further before the guy hit him. Um, the guy in the and, guy, and Fields tells Carenti. Yeah. Hey, Big Ben gets that call. Exactly. Now, I hope that's, I mean, really, if, if a quarterback gets drilled after two steps after, you know, giving the ball, you know, delivering the ball, I, it, that shouldn't be a veteran call versus, you know, hey, Rook, we're going to teach you, you know, you don't get that. Come on. That shouldn't happen. No, 
Absolutely not. There was a um, a, a, a graph or whatever you want to call it, a little section in the uh, Sun-Times the other day talking about the Bears' defense, and it ranks in the bottom half of the league in most defensive categories. Points allowed, 24.9 yards per game, 348.9. They're 13th, which isn't all that bad. Um, Yards per play allowed, 20th. Rushing yards per play, they're 22nd. Hmm. Passing yards per play, they're 22nd. Uh, Interception percentage rate, or percentage interception rate, however you want to say it. Dyslexia is a horrible disease. Um, (laughs) 25th. Uh, they're they're very good in uh, percent sacks against pass attempts. They're number two in that, um, which is nice to see. They're getting to the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. First downs per game allowed. They're seventeenth, and third down percentage allowed. They're sixteenth. Um, so they are in the bottom half, and that's like you said. It was it's been oversold. And, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know they were sure. I know they were without Khalil Mack. They were without Eddie Jackson, and everybody said. I mean, we've all talked about Eddie Jackson how he can't tackle. But against a passing game, he actually does help um, in coverage. And, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of help on coverage. And there were two huge mistakes. Kendall Vildor left the guy wide open, get it across the field. And then you had Jalen Johnson get called for the pass interference. Um, you know, so that last drive, they allowed Ben Roethlisberger to get downfield in order to get the extra or the um, the field goal, which which killed them. One stop. Just all you got to do is stop my three plays. Don't let him get to midfield, and um, the Bears couldn't do that. So it was weird. Um, it, it, it's, it's interesting because we get a chance to look back. I want to ask some people what you think, if you're encouraged by what you see in Justin Fields. Now, they're three and six. I don't think anybody thought the Bears were going to the postseason, um, even coming into the season. But the whole thing is get Justin Fields enough experience, get him to, so he understands the NFL. How do you feel about the Bears' offense and Justin Fields going forward this year and in the future? Uh, a nice little thing in the Sun-Times today. Jason Leisure did an article about their the young core on offense. We can talk about that when we come back. Take your calls, 312-332-3776. We'll also talk about the games today, a bunch of games. I took uh, I wrote down some notes, Brian. I went to... Um, after I made my picks, which was stupid, uh, I made a bunch of notes from the ESPN uh, previews of the games and uh, some of the nuggets that they have. We'll go through some of these, and then I think I can still buy some of my bets back uh, after I look at these. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm sitting on a three uh, three team parlay with two in the house already, and I got the Eagles for a nice payoff. Oh, so, do you? Yeah. Okay. okay. Which you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Of course. I, I'm the, I, there's a healthy buyout right now, and I'm not pulling the trigger, but. Yeah. Well, as long, if Denver scores first, I'm in trouble. Well, here, just so you know, and this has not, it shouldn't have anything to do with your bet if you've picked the, but if it's an over under bet, Denver's seven and two on the unders this year. No, and okay. I can't buy this one. I mean, I can cash out right. and, and call it a day, and maybe I should, but I have a couple hours to think about that. There too. you go. Yeah. 312 332 If you got a best bet for today, let us know. Let us all let us all cash in on this. 312-332-3776. Hubner and Hanley on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Talking a little bit of Bears, a little bit of NFL as the Bears have the weekend off. It's their bye week. Along with uh, the Giants, Houston, and Cincinnati, they all have the bye. And um, next week, the Bears get to take on 
the uh, Baltimore Ravens out at Soldier Field. Brian Hanley, Fred Huebner here on ESPN 1000, 312-332-3776. I was saying in the Sun-Times today, Jason Leisure has an article, and they're talking about the young core on offense. And they listed Justin Fields, 22, Cole Komet, who, what do you know, Brian? They found the tight end. It only took them, what, a year, years, yeah, a year and a half? Yeah. I know. Um, he's 22. Um, he's good through 2023. Tevin Jenkins, who is actually was seen on the field last week in Pittsburgh, running up and down the field. Remember when they never, NFL teams would never bring guys that couldn't play on, on road, road trips? Yeah. I'm, I was wondering, too, why Tariq Cohen's been on every road trip because he's not anywhere close to playing, at least not that we've heard of. But anyway, Tevin Jenkins, left tackle. Um, wide receiver Darnell Mooney, um, a young guy in the offense. Um, Larry Borum, who now is healthy and playing right tackle. And even though T.J. Watt had three sacks, one of them was on a naked boot, and there was nothing Borum could have done. And for the most part, he played pretty well. I don't always know what I'm looking at with line play, but when I hear Yurko or Waddle, guys that played the game, talk about a guy doing well, then I just... Yeah, take mark, it to the bank. Right, mark yeah. it in my notes that, hey, yeah. this guy's playing pretty well. And then Khalil Herbert, the guy they have, uh, the sixth-round draft pick, we, we saw that he can run. He ran real well when David Montgomery wasn't playing. Last week, he only had four carries, but I don't think anybody complained about that. Maybe Khalil Herbert wasn't real happy, but um, it was nice to have David Montgomery back. Now the question is, when Montgomery gets to a time where he's going to look for more money, what do you do? Um, it's fun watching him run. I mean, he he carried four or five defenders about six or seven yards for a first down in that game against Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's a nice problem to have, and and believe me, I I'd want to. I mean, you can't pay everyone. I know they got salary cap issues, right? But if you really want to help help Justin Fields along here, uh, a good, really good, solid running game that doesn't depend on one guy who may may or, you know get injured as we saw Montgomery get hurt, it, it would. Uh, behoove the Bears to to make sure they keep the, both those guys around, young as they are. Yeah, I think so. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you get a chance, we we hear it in almost every commercial break. The promo uh, talking about how Waddle and Sylvie had Justin Fields on the other day, and go to the ESPN Chicago app. You can hear the interview. They played it on Friday. Uh, Sylvie wasn't there, but they recorded the interview and played the interview with Justin Fields, one of the things they asked Fields was if he's happy with his current uh, development. Yes, sir. Uh, I am. I think I'm, you know, getting better each and every week. So I think, you know, that's my main goal, just to continue continue, uh, continue to get better. And, um, you know, just every day at practice, just, you know, get more comfortable with the guys around me and, you know, get more comfortable with this offense. So I think every day I'm growing. One of the things, Brian, and I, I keep referring back to the uh, the bright one, the Sun-Times yesterday was a great article by Patrick Finley breaking down some of the things that um, Justin Fields has been able to do. And it talked about the Bears had 12 pass plays of 20 yards or more through the first seven games. How about that? They've had eight of them in the last two games. Yeah. And go back to last season. Yeah. You might have had it. Did you have eight all season? Yeah. Yeah. If that. Right. You, right. Didn't, you didn't have many at all. And then you look, and the way they've been throwing, he's been he's had more air yards. And, you know, basically that just means, you know, if there's a 30-yard pass, a lot of times it's a five-yard pass. After the catch, right. yeah. yeah, he has averaged more air yards per attempt um, than anyone in the NFL uh, of late. Um, let's see. Um, no one in the NFL has averaged more air yards per attempt than fields 12.82 over the last two games. 
So he's putting the ball up in the air. They're, you know what? It's nice to see. The Bears are actually, their Bears offense is actually reaching the, you know, 2000s. You know, they're getting to a point where they can actually throw the ball, move downfield. They found a Jimmy Graham down the seam. They're finding their other tight end, Cole Komet. Uh, late in the game, they found Mooney. Uh, they ran Mooney in for a touchdown. It was a fun offense to watch in the second half of the game against Pittsburgh, and I know Bears fans are hoping that that's going to continue as Fields gets better and more comfortable behind center. Yeah, and what, three, four weeks ago, people are starting to doubt Justin Fields. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Those are growing pains. The offensive line wasn't doing giving him any help at all. And, and you know, Matt Nagy, before he benched himself again as play caller, wasn't helping him either. So, you know, the fact that I give credit, Nagy yet again had to fire himself as a play caller. You know, the fact you had to do that two years running tells you, you know, maybe he's not the offensive guru that we were told he was. But he got to Bill Lazor, and they seem to have things going on the up, uptick here. And, you know, when you hear Justin Fields in that interview or even the post game, I mean, the confidence is overwhelming, right? He, yeah. he doesn't doubt himself at all. No, no, not at all. And, uh, you know, he gets he gets sacked so many times in the Cleveland game. And he comes back and he's right back out there. Uh, you obviously want him to you want to protect the guy. Um, and I think for the most part, their offensive line, their offensive lines, you can run the ball pretty well behind it. And, you know, they're trying to figure it out defensively. It was funny in that game. I think it was the Steelers game where Jason Peters went out on the second or third play of the game. The next series, they go. Well, good news, Jason Peters back in, and as soon as it got out of their mouth, he got called for a penalty or he got, he he allowed a sack. I can't remember which it was, um, but yeah, he's he's on your left tackle right now, and your right tackle's Borum. The guys in the middle, James Daniels. Hopefully, the uh, offensive line coach went to him and said, "Listen, do what you did. You got called for the penalty. Don't worry about it." And because um, sometimes it can get into the heads of some of these sure, guys. Sure, yeah. sure, they start you know pulling their punches a little bit and. You know, that, that, again, that, that three calls like that at that stage of the game uh, can't go unnoticed by the NFL. And Tony Carrente, I mean, for what he's been doing this 20 something years. At least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gotta be better than that. But yeah. it was, it was almost like if, if you thought he was trying to get an outcome that, that he wanted, it was almost like that, right? Yeah. It definitely was. So, and I mentioned the, you know, a Sunday off, which is what the Bears have now. They've got a noon kickoff against the Ravens next weekend. Then they play on Thanksgiving, uh, the 25th, which means they have that following that Sunday off. Then they have another um, game against Arizona here at home. Then they play a Sunday night in Green Bay and a Monday night in Minnesota. So three of the next five games are not your Sunday, your typical Sunday afternoon games. Um, so it's an interesting schedule, and we'll see. Maybe you know the rest of the country will get to see Justin Fields at a good time. Uh, they'll get to see him hopefully as he's improving and going up against Detroit and Minnesota. I'm not sure how he'll do in Green Bay, but his first trip to Lambeau should be an interesting one. Yeah, it is usually for for any bear, new or old. Yeah. It's always interesting. Yeah, and, and for anybody that's not going to Lambeau, you know, you may say, "Listen, I don't want to go. It's Lambeau Field, home of the Cheeseheads, whatever." You've got to, if you're a football fan of any kind, you've got to make sure you take the trip. If you know, at least once. I've got Packer friends, and they go once or twice a year to, up to Lambeau to see a game. But it's an experience, and it, uh, it, it's like it's like a supersized college. Yeah, experience, right? You park on someone's front lawn for twenty bucks or whatever it is these days. Um, that main strip in Green Bay has every fast food place known to man, so you have your choice of uh, food. But yeah, the the, the, re the redo they did at Lambeau 
where people now, you know, it's open year round. It's not just when the Packers are playing, they have a museum, they, people have wedding receptions there. And, and, you know, if, when the bears build out in Arlington Heights, they would, should, you know, I know they're talking about taking the blueprint from Minnesota. They can't afford the, the SoFi five, six billion dollar. Right. But they do well go, you know, go up to Lambeau, much as the McCaskies hate anything to do Green Bay and, and take some pages out of what they did up there. Yeah, I mean, they've got like the atrium and you can walk on through and yeah. you've got all the, like you said, the Hall of Fame and all the other stuff. 312-332-3776. Um, your thoughts on Justin Fields going forward and plays that you might have seen over the last game or two that were encouraging to you for the offense. Now, with David Montgomery coming back, I was encouraged I'm not a fan of Matt Nagy's cute plays, you know, when he ran a no. game Hicks in for the touchdown and that. But the Wildcat calls with David Montgomery, who would have been their emergency quarterback in, at times if other things happened, having him back there seemed to work pretty well. And I'm hoping that they go forward with that because um, it seemed to work well. He can run the ball. He had no problem handing off. They scored a touchdown with him in, as the Wildcat uh QB on the uh, Darnell Mooney touchdown run. I, I enjoyed that. I thought yeah, that was nice. The, the, that was nice a, to see. There's a time and a place for plays like that if you have the confidence in guys like Montgomery to, to get the job done, and so far, so good. It's when you know the offense can't get off, you know, it's three and out, three and out. They can't, you know, here comes a delay game after a timeout, and then you start doing the Tariq Cohen, you know, gadget plays because you're desperate to do something, right? I mean, right. That, that, that just reeks of we got nothing else. Let's try a trick play. Because we can't just go ahead and march down the field on you. Yeah, it's um, we they none of them seem like trick plays. They seem like they were no, they were within good. the context of the play calling. Right, yeah. they worked, and I don't know if they had to call a timeout before each one of them because there have been times this year where they put a play in and just can't quite figure it out, and they have to call a timeout because uh, they're not going to get the playoff in time. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If there's a game today that you're you're a guy that might put a, a few uh a few dollars on a game with one of the many um you know betting apps and there's one game you like today more than others, let us know. Three one two three be three a two giver. three be seven a giver, seven. Yes. Not a taker. Yes, yeah. definitely Share. be a giver and we'll be the takers. If if yeah. it's a good one, heck we may I've got um I just for the heck of it, since the Bears aren't playing, I just pick six teams and not not a parlay. I played two three team parlays, but I also Took your your advice, and I played them all separately too, just for the heck of it. And I'm a five dollar guy, so the, you know the whole thing. You play a parlay and then play them each separately. It cost me twenty bucks. It's not a not a big deal. Um, I don't drink coffee, so it's, but it would cost me a few beers. It'd be you know instead of people say, well, it's just like a couple of cup of co- cups of coffee. It would just be one less beer stop for the week. Yes, uh, yeah. So if you've got a couple out there, there have been injuries are playing a huge factor this week. We just found out yesterday. That um, Ben Roethlisberger is uh, yeah. not going to be playing in Detroit. Right? right, that's a game that opened at nine. Pittsburgh a nine point favorite against Detroit. It's down to six. Um, yeah, and a buddy of mine is uh, from. He's a big Detroit Lions fan. He'd be the one. Um, <laughs> but, but he's he's like, hey, could this be the game they win? He goes, you know, uh, I always give him grief about Dan Campbell being like you know, yeah. some cartoon character. He goes, yeah, because the the. The knee bust, busting, or the knee busting 
guy who's been spending extra time with the offense this week. I said, is that a good thing? Yeah, <laughs> you don't know if it's a good thing. The one thing is, uh, I heard someone say it earlier in the week, Jared Goff usually doesn't play well in windy, rainy conditions, and I think that's what it's supposed to be in Pittsburgh this week. I heard uh, Tracy Butler earlier this week uh, talking about some of the games, and I think she says it's going to be pretty windy there, and I don't know if you want to rely on Jared Goff. The old indoor team going into elements. Right? Exactly, going outside. So we'll get to some of the notes on each and every one of the games today, and if you want to jump in, 312-332-3776. We're here all the way until 12 noon. We're going to talk about a lot of other things. We're going to get into the Bulls. They got their West Coast trip. We're going to talk a little bit of baseball. And um, we're also, against my better judgment, just because I haven't had a chance to talk about them or complain about them, Scotty Pippen jumped up again this week. And there's a couple of things that we've got, so some sound bites, and i just got to figure out why. I mean, I don't quite understand it. So we'll talk about all that and more. 312-332-3776. Hanley and Hubner at ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. I just realized I I got my headphones on here as we always do when we're talking on the radio and it was a little loud. And the first thing I realized was I'm seeing the ear, nose and throat guy in uh, two weeks. So Mm -hmm. he had told me once about a year, about two years ago, he goes, you'll eventually need hearing aids because you wear, you've worn headphones for 40 years. Oh boy. I said, yeah, but I don't wear them like around the house or anything just when I'm at work. But when when that music just came out. I realized I had to turn it down a notch. Just a, well, just that was a notch. yeah, that was the thing. You know, whenever you follow up a show and you put those on, and yeah. were communal headphones back in the day, maybe not so much anymore. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And you could tell who who the ones who were either going to need hearing aids or already had them. Yeah, because it was turned to eleven and blew out your ear. Yeah. No, it was unbelievable. Actually, if you ever take over when Sylvie's working, Sylvie's got him cranked because he leaves one on and one off all the Ooh. time, so he can hear people. That are in the same room gotcha. or other things, so he never has to move it. Waddle's the same way too. Is Wink he? And Abdallah will take over, and they'll need to dial everything down a couple notches. Yeah, every single time. It's crazy. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Before we take a look at some of today's games, we were talking about how the defense been oversold. We go out to Western Springs, and Dan, you're on ESPN one thousand. What's up? Yeah. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Um, yeah, I just want to talk about the defense. I feel like uh, Eddie Jackson's not playing great. They're not getting pressure with the front four and they got some real tough games coming up. So your thoughts on the Bears' defense and, and where they're going to go the rest of the year will be appreciated. Well, you know, they, you know, Dan, we appreciate the call. They haven't – Khalil Mack's got – it's funny how they didn't come out and say Khalil Mack was going to miss three weeks. We People had talked about it, but the Bears never came out and said it. Every week they just said, well, he's going to miss this game. And then there's the bye week, and he's going to miss another game. So he should be ready for the Ravens game because it will be three weeks, basically, that he's been down and not playing. So when he's would it there, shock you if it wasn't though, if he wasn't ready? I mean, no, it wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Um, but you know, with him on one side and Quinn on the other, it looks good for the rest of this year. But going forward, I mean, after this year, you're going to have to rebuild that defense. And we talk about getting offense, you know, offensive guys. You're going to have to, depending on how you feel about Kendall Vildor. and uh, Danny Trevathan is not going to be a guy that's going to hang around much longer. I don't think as, as a linebacker. The Bears are going to have to try to figure out how to improve on that defense. They thought they had enough defense. We're going to figure out the offense. Now I think it's going to be pretty much 50-50, having to get guys on both sides of the ball. 
Yeah. And again, the amount of money and resources, draft resources, whatever you invest in defense, and, you know, everyone gets injuries and it's too bad Khalil Mack can't be out there each and every week. And there, you know, Robert Quinn starts well. And then, you know, you can't, you, every, every team in the league deals with this every year, right? Yep. So that's not the, the, the point is that it's going to be at least 50 50 because two years ago, I think, you know, Ryan Pace kept going back to the well on defense and you thought, okay, at least that's going to be said moving forward. And then you just went through almost every defensive statistic is in the bottom half of the league. Yeah. So you got work to do there. Yeah. And you it, still have work to do on the offense as, as well. Yeah. And I think the most of the majority of the work you have in the offense, you have a couple of running backs now. You have a couple of receivers. You have a, a young receiver in uh, Mooney. You went out and picked up guys in the offseason that have speed and Goodwin and um, Bird, who I don't think we've seen him catch a ball yet um you have Cole Komet who I think you finally realize is a guy that can play the tight end position and now you're finally throwing him the ball and he's holding on to it for the most part um so I think you're you're in a good direction in offense but your defense slowly but surely you're gonna have to find edge rushers which is I mean everybody in the NFL is looking for those those edge rushers you know and those are the guys that eventually make the big money uh, your Khalil Max, your Robert Quinns, your t- your uh, anybody named Watt, basically, or at least the two guys, <laughs> at least the two guys on defense, yeah. Yeah. you know, and they make the big money, and uh, so we'll see what happens. I like some of their interior guys, and you know, uh, Eddie Goldman stepped up. We've been talking about Eddie Goldman not playing, sitting out last year. He stepped up against the Steelers. I thought he played a huge role in that game. He was big. Um, you know, Najee Harris is a guy that uh, runs a lot of the offense for the Steelers, and they they held them to, like, I want to say 2.8 yards rushing. They yeah. did a pretty good job. I liked what they did there. Um, and then there's other guys that come in. If Mario Edwards could just stop making stupid penalties. Um, How is that? Yeah. Well, and I didn't, like I said, I didn't see – I had I don't mind calling him out on the uh, some of the other ones, but the one last week, you know, the roughing the passer, I, I, I they showed a replay and it just seemed like someone bumped into him with a shoulder and he didn't fall down or anything. I don't I don't know. It was a, it was a rough call. But, it was a rough night for yeah, Tony Carrente for sure. <laughs> it sure was. We go to the South Side, and Mike. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing well. That's good. Um, for the Bears. Uh, first off, uh, I, I'm uh, I'm impressed with Justin Fields. Um, I know Daryl Oski on ESPN kind of broke it down how he doesn't forget. So I noticed that if you notice in the film sessions, in the course of the game, he may see a certain coverage and then he remembers, okay, I missed this person. So guess what? We'll come back to it, but I know this guy will be open. And how he's handling the pressure from the team's rush, you know, blitz packages, it's been all right. But like my biggest concern is the front seven on both sides. For God's sakes, because when the season started, I said, please don't bring that kid in here because he's <laughs> going to break the record for getting sacked all over the place. Uh-huh. The offensive line just – I'm not happy with Pace on how he didn't add depth. you got the guy with the, uh, the young kid from Oklahoma State with the back injury. Then um, Brom, I'm glad he's back in there. But you got to add depth, especially for left tackle. That's, a, that's, a, a, that's, that's crucial for any team – with a, a, quarter, a franchise quarterback. And then on the defensive side, like Jurkinum said, after that historic year, usually a year or two later, your defense starts to fall off. You, Pace, you got to know that. And you got to rebuild and bring in some guys that are quality and depth. So when it's time for the Khalil Max of the world or Robert O'Quinn's, that, you know, they're, that they're down flat of their, of their career because of Father Time, you can 
put you can put those young guys in there. I'm glad that Goldman is stepping up, but my biggest concern moving forward is protecting Justin Fields. Yep. Protecting Justin Fields. And for God's sake, protect Justin Fields. That's just this is my <laughs> biggest concern. <laughs> Those are the first three things yeah, I have priority. It is. Yeah. Mike, we agree we appreciate it. I think that's everybody's uh number one, including Justin Fields. You know, what was it in the in the movie um you know, the movie of Burt Reynolds, protect your quarterback. That's the biggest thing is protecting longest your quarterback. Yard. Yeah, longest yard. The, the first one, the the one, the only one you should have watched. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Adam Sandler, I'm sure, made a lot of money for the second one, but not, not he's nearly He's made a lot of good. money, money a lot of on everything. Yeah. yeah, on everything he's made a lot of money. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, you've got to work on the offensive line. And I think it's funny because they run black really well. Uh, pass blocking, not so much, but maybe with Borum, they're a little bit better. Before we get to some of the games, I just want to, they just had a list of all the inactives um, that are out there. Just, I'm going to run down a few just for people who, in case you missed some of them. Chase Claypool for the Steelers is out in that Lions Steelers game. Uh, the Buccaneers in Washington, the Bucs without Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, both out. Um, Curtis Samuel, the wide receiver, out for Washington. For the Browns and Patriots, uh, let's see here. Uh, Damian Harris is um, is on the uh, inactive list. Janu Smith, the tight end, also on the inactive list for that one. Um, boo -boo, let me see here. Falcons, Cowboys. Um, uh, no one, no one really. Zach Wilson, obviously for the Jets, is down. So Mike White gets to go. Um, Saints. Alvin Kamara is on the inactive list. I think I know that was one that most people knew about. And uh, Jaguars and Colts, nothing really jumps out on guys that are new. Um, so anyway. Uh, and your 49ers are going to see OBJ, right? Well, yeah. And I, I just saw something that they say he might return punts. Um, I, oh, boy. Did they run that past him, too, or before they, <laughs> before they announced it? I mean, you know, um, that's another thing. Uh, we talked about it a little bit yesterday when I was here with Xander. But um, the Bears kick returner. Somewhere along the line, someone's just got to get into his head and say, listen, if the ball is in the end zone, just leave it. Leave it be. Just get away. stop. Get just away from run it. away. Now, How about his first game with the Bears, Jakeem Grant? Yes. And returning the punt out of the end zone. I don't think Five I've ever seen someone return a punt I know. out of an end zone. I know. Like, and it's just, it's so frustrating. We had, a call, we had a guy yesterday who told a, sto a story on the air about that Johnny Morris told. How Johnny Morris one time, when he was returning punch for the Bears, uh, went to get a, a putter a touch, or a putter a kickoff, I'm not sure which, but he stepped out of bounds, and he went back to the sideline. He tried to avoid Hallis. <laughs> and slowly but surely, Hallis got closer to him and got closer to him. Here comes the fedora. And Hallis got closer, and he kicked him in the shins. And he said, <laughs> he said you do that again. He goes and you're on the bench and you're not you're not playing anymore. And he kicked Johnny him in the shins. Yeah, he kicked him in the shins. Now that wouldn't that wouldn't fly nowadays. But no. it was a great story. And uh, the guy the guy that called up, he said, yeah, he said Johnny Morris has told the story numerous times, and I thought that was hilarious. That's one I had not heard as of yet. Hey, uh, you know our our colleges referenced pace for the first time in the show. Yeah. And that same Jason Laser story you were talking about with the the foundation of moving forward on offense. Yeah. We all know how bad it's been, but it's still jarring to see it in print. Set aside for the moment, this that since going twelve and four in the first season, Nagy's now nineteen and twenty-two with the Bears, having scored the six fewest points in the NFL. That's a Nagy hire, yep, or that's a, a pace, pace hire, right? So that's seven and eighteen in the last twenty-five. Um, 
And then this also set aside that the Bears have one winning season and the league's ninth worst record since Pace was hired in 2015. And you ask yourself, why is he still here? Yeah. Question mark? You do ask. I mean, I think people ask each. And I was shocked that he, that they came back after last year. Right. But now that that, they're here. McCaskey and and Ted Phillips said they're going to have to see progress. Well, four-game losing streak, three and six, you know. It's all about Justin Fields and and building him up and developing him. Is that progress enough? Because the schedule's not getting any easier. You went over it earlier, so yeah. yep, oh. no, not getting easier. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I promise we come back. I'll hit you up with a nugget from every game today. Uh, all about about against the spread. Some of them some of them against uh, numbers, things like that for all the games today and even the game tonight uh, or Monday night. Hey, my Niners. Wait till you see how good they are against the spread this year. Oof. We'll talk about that and much more here on ESPN 1000. This hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. College football returns to Wrigley Field this fall for the first time since 2010. Join Northwestern Football when they host Purdue in the Wildcat Classic, powered by NetApp and CDW on November 20th. Tickets on sale now at Cubs.com slash football. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Okay, Brian, uh, I was telling someone this just the other day. um, When me and a bunch of other guys used to work at Sports Phone, we'd give scores over the phone in the 70s and 80s when they didn't have the crawl on the bottom line and and, um, you know, they didn't have pagers where you could get scores on and all those kind of things. And you're going to have to meet your guy on Monday. So yes, exactly. You're desperate to find out what the West Coast scores were. Right. And so we used to give them by a thing called the Glance Culver line. Uh-huh. It would be in the paper. And Sun you could Times read it. used to run yep. it. Yeah. You can write, read it all the way down. That's how we would give the scores. So the gamblers knew which game was coming up. And they go, okay, we've got the seventh game here. And then they'd listen. So I'm going to run this down by what I got out of the Sun Times today. All right. Actually, okay. yesterday. Okay. First game, Buffalo by 13 at the Jets. The Jets have won the past two home games as at least a six point underdog outright. So the last time they've been a home dog from six or more, they've won outright. Now they're favored or they're getting 13 against Buffalo today. And Buffalo just laid an egg in Jacksonville. Huge. Yep. Yep. Right? You've got Tampa at Washington. That's a nine and a half point spread in favor of the Bucks. The Washington mm-hmm. football team. One in seven against the spread this year, worst in the NFL. My old radio partner, Ron Rivera. Uh huh. Yeah. He was doing shows on Saturday morning. Yeah. I actually took Washington today getting nine and a half. So Really? Yeah. Good. Nine yeah. and a half. Uh, Tampa. Have you so. seen Tom Brady? Yeah, I have. I have. I, I don't think he's going to play that well today. All right. <laughs> We've been saying that for decades. Um, Atlanta's at Dallas. The Cowboys are an eight point favorite. And um, let's see here. The um, Cowboys are seven and one against the spread. Coming off their loss last week, oh, so they're seven and one against it. They're at home yeah, after just a brutal game last week against Denver, and yeah. I, that was part of the reason I took the Eagles. I think you know recency bias. People think, hey, Denver's you know starting to, the defense is showing up, and Teddy Bridgewater is going to be all that. And I'm like, no, that's probably just a really bad day by the Cowboys. Yeah, probably. Uh, New Orleans is at Tennessee. The Titans a three point favorite. The Saints are seven and one as road underdogs. Since uh, 2018. 
So now they're, uh, you know, we'll see how they do today. They're getting, they're getting Tennessee three. pretty good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Even even though they lose Derrick Henry, still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Jacksonville's getting ten at Indianapolis, and um, the Jaguars are ten one and one against the spread in the last twelve games against Indianapolis. What? Yes, ten one and one against the. Well, spread. they were probably getting double digits in all those. And they're getting they? right. And they're getting they had ten the today. Right win against them to open up last year too. Yeah. yeah. So something to keep an eye on. Of course, I didn't take that one. The trend uh, is your friend. I, you know. Yeah, I mean Carson Wentz wasn't hadn't thrown any interceptions till like the last two weeks. So he's, he's making, been so he's catching bad. up. Yeah. yeah, he's been so bad. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Detroit is at Pittsburgh. Uh, Lions getting six. Pittsburgh failed to cover eight straight as a favorite. So you know, and they're going in the again. elements. But yeah. no Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland's at at New England. And um, the Patriots are a two-point favorite. New England, uh, over the total in their last four games, the total is 45.5. Kind of low, a 45.5, compared to all the other ones this yeah. week. I think there's only two that are lower than that. And the Browns have been persevering. Yeah. Um, that that line seems a little low. So I like I, 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 I like Baker Mayfield. As a guy I never oh, yeah. thought I would like, I, right. I like what he does. And he, he uses all of his tight ends. He uses all of his weapons. And after OBJ didn't want to play, he's he's used everybody in that offense. So we'll see how they do yeah. today yeah. against he, New England. He's, he's coming along just fine. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Vikings are at the L.A. Chargers. Chargers three-and-a-half-point favorite. Minnesota seven. Uh, they've had seven one-score games. Okay, they're getting three and a half today. Uh, they've had three overtime games and four decided by three points or less. That last one to to Baltimore, I yeah. think, really going to leave a mark. Yep. I, I, they might mentally just might be done, but Carolina, yeah, I, wouldn't, I, I mean, wouldn't touch that game. Chargers have played a lot of close games this year, yeah. um, which was surprising. I thought they'd do a lot better. Carolina's getting eight and a half at Arizona. That line's gone down a little bit, actually two points at least, because they're not sure about Kyler Murray, um, DeAndre Hopkins. Arizona's seven and two against the spread this year. Carolina's nine and three against the spread in road games under rule. So under their coach, their newest coach, they're nine and three on the road. So. They get eight and a half points at Arizona. That's a lot of points. A lot of points. Yeah, Philadelphia is getting a point and a half at Denver. That's when you That's were talking down from about two and a half. Yep, at Denver, I mentioned seven and two um, to the unders this year. Seattle is at Green Bay. That's uh, three. Uh, both teams get their quarterbacks back. Russell Wilson's back, and um, Russ, and uh, also Aaron Rodgers is back, and um, the Packers are three and zero against the spread at home this year. 4-0 against the spread versus losing teams. And losing and that records. defense is doing much better than anyone thought they would do. Yep, right? yep. yes they are. Uh, tonight it'll be Kansas City, two-and-a-half point favorite at Vegas, KC. <laughs> Kansas City's 4-16 and against the spread in their last 20 games. How about that? Yeah, 4-16. and Now the spread's I mean, only two-and-a-half. And, you know, so you can make the case that Derek Carr is playing better than Patrick Mahomes right now, too, right? Sure you so, can. Yeah, and given everything the Raiders have gone through in the last couple of weeks, um, you know it's tough to to see how that team keeps going through. But I, I can't figure out Kansas City saved save my no. life, and you know, no, you, that's that's a tough one. I, I think I would just enjoy watching that and not touch it. Yeah, and, and that's this evening tomorrow. The Rams are a three and a half point favorite at San Francisco. The Forty ers are zero and four against the spread at home, and zero and three against the spread in division games. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So Ooh. 
Yeah. They're due? That, yeah, well, you would guess, right? They're due. Their problem is they can score points, but they usually don't do it until after the other team's got a nice lead. Uh, they've done that numerous times this year. So They we'll scored s- enough against the Bears. Yeah, they did. They did, and uh, the Bears allowed that. Let's go to our guy really quickly, Evans, uh, up in Evanston. John, what's going on, John? Hey, guys. Yeah, you know, um, as far as the Bears go, uh, I, I'd like to see – if I were in charge – I would get a GM in the house that can that knows what he's looking for as hiring a head coach goes. First of all, experience matters. Second of all, be able to work with a young quarterback and bring him along instead of just letting him hang out there. You know, quarterback friendliness is a very big thing with the head coach. You you got to get somebody in there that knows how to talk to a young quarterback and knows how to bring them along. I'm tired of this, because what's going to happen is when the fifth year of his contract comes up, again, they're not going to give him the money. He'll go somewhere else. Come on, let's bring this kid along. If they're, not giving, if they're not picking up the option, a lot of things have went off the tracks in yeah. a really bad, bad yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, pick up the option on this kid. Well, I you mean, you're, I mean, I mean you're, you're, you've you know, got years. Have to yeah. Make, yeah, you got a few years, John. We appreciate the call. I, I, yeah, this kid's going to be here for years. He's not. My guess is there'll be anywhere. a new GM making that decision. Yeah, and that he will have made the coaching decision too by then too. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, it's uh, I can't, I can't see how you make a case keeping pace and Nagy around no matter what happens with Justin Fields in, in these final games this season. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I've, I've seen enough. Do I need to go again, seven and 18 in the last 25 with Nagy and one winning season and ninth worst record for Ryan pace since he was hired. I, guys don't get three lifetimes in the NFL. Only with, usually only with the bears. Do you get that kind of patience and that yeah. kind of rope? Yep. There's no doubt. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. You want to talk more football? We're here for you. Want to talk some Bulls? We come back. They continue their five game road trip. They started it in uh, at Golden State in San Francisco. It was not pretty. It was very pretty. If you like Steph Curry, he had forty on Friday night. But they play the Clippers tonight. The Lakers tomorrow. Your comments on the Bulls? How they started the season? They're eight and four, but they're without Vucevic for the next four games on this trip. How do you think they'll do? 312-332-3776. Hanley and Hubner on ESPN 1000.